1: Authorities in Tampa, Florida say a 25 year old man who's now in their custody is responsible for the deaths of a mother and teenage daughter. We speak with retired FBI agent and attorney Bobby Chacone about the hunt for this alleged killer and what will happen next in the case. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law and Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. First responders came across this horrific scene at a Tampa, Florida apartment complex last month where 35-year-old Alejandra Cabrejo and her 14-year-old daughter, Mariana, were brutally stabbed. And according to detectives, 25-year-old Jean-Pierre Ojeda Salazar got into an argument with Alejandra, who he had dated previously. Witness says that he grabbed a knife, started stabbing her. When Mariana, her daughter, rushed in to try to save her own mother, he stabbed her too. That's the allegation. Alejandra died at the scene. Mariana was rushed to a hospital, but she died from her injuries. Really, really sad case. And this family friend, who's this witness that saw what happened, uh, says that Salazar chased her out of the apartment. but She managed to get away. Police say Salazar then took off going all the way to Maryland. But U.S. Marshals tracked him down the very next day and extradited him back to Florida. Salazar appeared in a Tampa courtroom this week where a written statement from that witness was introduced. Anybody who's willing to kill a 14-year-old to save their own skin should not be free in our society. Now Salazar's public defender argued to the court that we don't have all the answers yet. We don't know who introduced the knife into it. There is, I think it's very important here and very telling that there is no history of violence there, that there's no history of violence by Mr. Salazar. And in the end, the judge denied him bail. He's going to be locked up awaiting uh, trial. And it's our understanding that he has been charged with one count of first-degree murder and one count of second-degree murder. I want to bring in right now retired FBI agent and attorney Bobby Chacone to talk a little bit more about this. Bobby, good to see you. Thanks for coming here on Sidebar. Um, I first want to talk about how they apprehended him. And so quickly, right? So he goes from Florida Maryland. They apprehend him the day after he's taken to custody. To be more accurate, by the U.S. Marshals Capital Area Fugitive Task Force. Um, walk us through uh, your thoughts on how they were able to get him so quickly.
0: Well, the marshals. First of all, the marshals are probably the best in the world at tracking people down and this fugitive hunting role. That is their kind of their major role, their main role in, in law enforcement. And 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 so um, you know, the first thing you look at is the first thing they probably looked at is his prior addresses and where his family lives so that's uh, or where significant others live in his life that would provide him support when people do something like this and they go on the run quickly like he did usually they go somewhere they're familiar with somewhere they've been before or somewhere that where there's somebody significant in their life that's going to provide them safe haven and so those are the first things that they look at whereas they live before where their relatives or or support network um because that's where they're going to go to right away. They may go if they have time from there somewhere else um, to get away from those areas, but but an immediate flee like this usually goes to somewhere where they have someone that's going to provide them with support and safe haven.
1: Hey there, everybody. I want to talk to you right now about Palm, which is the next generation of pepper spray. You see, Palm's formula provides you with the necessary range and capacity that can give you and your loved ones some peace of mind. Now, if you're like, look, I don't want to mistakenly fire this. Well, here's the thing. Palm's patented flip-top safety, it prevents accidental misfires. So whether you're carrying the unit on your keys or keychain or snapping the unit on your backpack or even just carrying it in your pocket, Palm is really the perfect everyday carry accessory. And I'll tell you what, my wife carries Palm and absolutely loves it. You can learn more at palmpepperspray.com and use code LAWCRIME10% for 10% off. Do you think they were tracking him for a while or do you think that, and again, it's speculative, but like, do you think they were tracking him for a while or do you think they wanted to wait till they got into a position where they could safely apprehend him and not risk the lives of anybody else who was around him?
0: Well, when you have a fugitive like this, that's that's basically accused of of a, a really violent murder, um, you have to kind of make, have a sense of urgency. So you do... Um, Find out where they are and and soon as you see them if you see them say coming or going from a house you you take them or if You know they're in a place you usually have to get a warrant because it's not that person's place So if you unless you see them enter that premises if you just have somebody say you saw them the you you know They saw them and go in there Then you probably have to get a search warrant for that unless you've seen them go in there uh, Directly or unless that's their place of residence, which in this case it wasn't so um it's likely that they were on his tail. They were they were already set up on a place and saw him either go in there or saw him coming and going for the place.
1: You know, Bobby, I mentioned that you have this family friend, seemingly an eyewitness to the attack. I mean, what stronger evidence can you get? Or is it? I mean, this could have been a very tumultuous situation, but you have this witness who says they saw the attack happen, provided a written testimony for this hearing. Um, that feels like pretty much of a slam dunk. Do you anticipate any ways a defense attorney could, you know, try to counteract that testimony?
0: Well, you know, giving the defense attorney a bit of a break because they just came on the case, the public defender that he had in court for the the purposes of this hearing, um, you know, he reached out and he said, well, we don't know who introduced the knife into the situation. That's a very odd way of saying it, but it's a very defense attorney way of saying it. Um, It really doesn't matter who introduced the knife, even if she picked up the knife as a self-defense thing. If he took it away from her, there's no um, there's no dispute that he stabbed her to death and then he stabbed the child to death, basically. And with the eyewitness, um, you know, the, the thing is people have to remember in 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 a bond hearing, the two issues are risk of flight or danger to the community. Well, he the judge basically said he he provides both. I mean, she said the judge said he represents both, a risk of flight, because obviously he fled to Maryland, and a danger to the community because of this very wanton and violent act that simply sprang out of a relationship so um but the, it, it, unlike you know we have a presumption of innocence in a lot of sense but in this kind of uh hearing for the purposes of bail a judge can consider the evidence and the weight of the case the, the strength of this of the prosecution's case for the purposes of bail and so um in this case uh you know the judge found that there is enough evidence there's there's a there's a certain strength the prosecution's case to keeping him detained. Um, so that's kind of a comment on the judge by the judge um, as to the strength of the prosecution's case. And I think that you know, with an eyewitness, boy, this is going to be a very rough road for the defense to to say anything. But you know, you know, when you have, even if if he, he tries to say, you know, he took the knife away and the struggle over the knife, he stabbed the ex-girlfriend. Well, then you have the child. Then you have a 14-year-old child who was brutally stabbed to death also. How does that result from self-defense?
1: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It, it, well, he could try to say, you know, I, I thought my life was on the line. I have somebody else attacking me. Maybe I didn't realize what was happening. It was the heat of the moment. Um, you know, I was defending myself against Alejandra. Then Mariana comes in. I was defending myself. It, again, I. I Based on the facts of what we see, it seems highly unlikely that a self-defense argument would, would work, particularly since you talk about this eyewitness, he allegedly chased her out of the house. So even if you're an innocent party chasing someone else out of the house, and thankfully this person is alive, but um, also running, you know, escaping to Maryland instead of staying there and explaining what happened, I think those two factors are pretty bad for him as well
0: yeah absolutely I think you're exactly right. I think that that the self defense argument while it might be made um is not going to prevail and I think I'm surprised he wasn't charged with attempted murder of the witness because mm. I, I think had the witness not escaped that house, uh you know we only we, we can't even imagine what would have happened to the witness and then what we would have we would have three deceased people in that apartment with no witness, and then his case gets very much stronger um because then anything he alleges doesn't get rebutted. And so, you know, it, it's it's a nightmare to think, you know, what would have happened had he been able to catch that witness, but thankfully that witness escaped. And, you know, obviously they don't have, seemingly they don't have any reason to implicate him, you know, falsely. So, um, yeah. yeah, this is going to be a tough one.
1: And, and the idea of the defense attorney saying, you know, he has no history of violence. I'll just say to that, how many times do we cover uh, killers who've never killed before or never committed a crime before but they then decide to commit one of the worst atrocities that you can against another human being um talk about the see,
0: when, sorry Jesse. when i hear a defense attorney yeah. say like that I, I always think that he has no history of violence having been caught for violence
1: that's that's fair that's fair um but even the times when they've never committed a crime i mean everybody starts somewhere and, and you know the situations happen um Talking about the charges, so long crime reporting that he's been charged with uh, one count uh, count of first-degree murder with a weapon, second-degree murder with a weapon, and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Why do you think the two different murder charges here?
0: You know, I think— it's probably, you know, the the um, the witness's statement read in court may not be the entire statement from the witness. I think they use in these kind of hearings they use just enough to 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 give the judge reason to hold, hold them over for trial, but I think that the the first degree murder is probably against the ex girlfriend because he intentionally was trying to kill her, and then in the spur of the moment. Like you alluded to it, he might well, be let, saying- Let's, oh, I, let's I, I, be yeah.
1: clear, it, it, you, you have to have intent to kill for both, but it's, if it's premeditated or not, right? That's what makes right. it first degree versus second.
0: Right, and I think that the, the, the premeditation is probably towards the ex-girlfriend right. he had the actual dispute with, and then the second degree murder probably is the intentional killing of her, but not in a premeditated murder. Like he didn't go there, or he didn't have the, the right requisite uh, intent He had some intent to kill her, um, but he didn't have the premeditation where he might have had it towards the girlfriend. I don't know
1: that, so so, that's my my theory. Second-degree murder, if I'm reading this correctly, I like to think that I am in Florida. The unlawful killing of a human being when perpetrated by an act imminently dangerous to another and evincing a depraved mind regardless of human life, although without any premeditated design, uh, is murder in the second degree.
0: Right, which means he probably was there to kill the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend, right? He didn't, he didn't go over there to kill the 14-year-old daughter. Um, and he didn't start out wanting or desiring to kill the 14-year-old daughter. But when she interceded and either was a witness and a defender of her mom, um, then he turned to killing her as well. So that's where the lack of premeditation may come
1: in. And just to be clear, even if he didn't go over there with the, the plan to kill her, if they got into a disagreement and he takes the knife— and then kills her that can still be first-degree murder
0: that's right and and you know the the old phrase is uh intense can be formed in a moment you know premeditation doesn't have to be days and days of planning premeditation can actually can actually happen in a moment um because you take the knife and in that moment you're you've already you have the premeditation of stabbing her so yeah i think that that's where it comes in remember all these 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 um charges can be upgraded um if they if they delve deeper into that witness statement but i think you know this all happened fairly quickly um and based on the witness statement they knew what they had and 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 so um you know that's what they went with you know the intent the intentional premeditation of killing the ex-girlfriend and then her daughter who comes in at the last moment to try to defend her mom and then he turns and he he kills her as a reaction to her action of defending the mom
1: can we just talk a little bit more about what the judge said? So Judge Caitlin said, uh, again, a very powerful statement. It wasn't a sentencing hearing. It was at a bond hearing, where she ultimately denied a bond. We have a dead 14-year-old girl who doesn't deserve to be dead, just trying to protect her mother. Anybody who's willing to kill a 14-year-old to save their own skin should not be free in our society. Those are strong words for a bond hearing, right?
0: Very strong. I mean, there were there was a couple of unusual things at a bond hearing. You don't usually have a witness, and 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 this time you you had a witness in the form of a written statement read by a detective in court on the record. Um, but yeah, this was a a case where they wanted to make sure that this guy did not get out, and so they presented the witness statement through a, a detective reading it into the record, and yeah. then the, the judge clearly making that. Remember, he's going to get a trial where the presumption of innocence will prevail on the jury the judge doesn't have that same restriction. And and the judge is allowed to make those comments, is allowed to comment on the strength of the prosecution's case in in the criminal procedure, What we call the criminal procedure uh, uh, rules uh, for a bond hearing. And that's the judge's role. The judge has to consider all of those things on the protection of the public. Um, And and so the presumption of innocence doesn't prevail on the judge in in these types of cases. They they have to, take into consideration the heinousness of the crime, uh, the violence, the potential violence to the community, um, which obviously exists, in someone that could do something like this. And right. then you, you almost have to presume they did do it, um, but based on the strength of the, of the prosecution's case, and then protect the public. The, the judge's role is to protect the public in this kind of situation, as well as ensure that this defendant is there for trial, so it doesn't flee. So that's the judge's responsibility.
1: Just a really, really sad case uh, about this beautiful mother and daughter taken so, so senselessly. Um, and you know, family friends told local media that um, Alejandra and her daughter they moved to the United States from Colombia a couple years ago. They were looking for a better life, um, not just for uh, Mariana, but unfortunately, Alejandra leaves behind a, another young daughter um, and a young sister to uh, Mariana. She was unharmed during the course of this, thank goodness, but. Really sad case, and uh, now that he's been caught, this will move forward through the legal process. Bobby Chacon, thank you so much, sir. Good to see you.
0: Great. Good to see you, Jesse. Thanks.
1: And that is all we have for you right now here on Sidebar, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. will speak to you next time.